What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business of Strength podcast. We have another amazing episode for you today with Mike Gallucci. Mike is a marketing expert and one of the founding members of SportsMemorabilia.com. He's a local guy here from New Jersey. He actually went to school with Dan, and uh, he's a great guy. sheds a ton of light on how he took this small online operation to this global brand. Uh, they were recently bought out in 2013 by Fanatics.com, a huge you know, billion-dollar company. Uh, and now he heads up. He's the VP of marketing for them. Yeah, he gives us a ton of insight on the landscape of today's uh, online marketing, search engine optimization, uh, organic search, lots of marketing tips for small businesses, uh, how they took this startup uh, from nothing, from literally a couple guys in an office to you know a multi-million dollar brand, uh, and how they got it purchased by Fanatics, um, basically turning his passion for sports and, and his love of marketing and sales into a real business and a profession. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about his internship process and how he made the most of that, which is great insight for any young strength entrepreneur. Uh, the X's and O's of SEO and organic search. I, I learned a lot of new things myself. And uh, Mike's just a great guy. He's doing a lot of great things. He's all over the place. He's traveling a lot, and he's, he's helping to grow this company. And uh, I'm really excited to get his insight into the life and mind of a serial entrepreneur. I know you guys are going to love it, so please check it out. Uh, and check out Mike. You can go to check out Mike at sportsmemorabilia.com or on Instagram at mgalucci, G-A-L-L-U-C-C-I, uh, on Instagram. As always, this episode is brought to you by... Varsity House Gym, a world leader in strength and conditioning. For more information on our, on our programs, you can go to varsityhousegym.com. And to attend a two-day business of strength mentorship and turn your passion into a real profession, you can go to strengthentrepreneurs.com. We have a bunch of great uh, uh, mentorships coming up in the next few months. In August, we are going to be at Jim Jones in Salt Lake City on the 18th and 19th. Then back here the following week on the 23rd and 24th of August here at Varsity House Gym. And then lastly, for the year, for the end of the year, we're going to be uh, in December, December 6th and 7th here at Varsity House. And that will be our final Business of Strength workshop for the year. So don't miss out. And as always, thank you so much to everybody who leaves a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Please take the time to leave a five-star review. We will see you. Here we go. Mike Gallucci, everyone. Welcome to the business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym, the podcast for strength entrepreneurs. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the business of strength podcast. We are here live with our friend Mike Gallucci. Mike is the co-founder of sportsmemorabilia.com, the VP of marketing of Fanatics Inc., and the creator of Gallucci Ventures, LLC. Uh, Mike just got back from an awesome trip in Bogota, Colombia. He's a top-level marketing executive and uh, travels around the world helping his company uh, market themselves, market their brands, and sell sports memorabilia around the world, uh, partnering with different types of uh, pro athletes and, and celebrities from all different ventures. And uh, we're really excited to have him on the podcast. His insight into the world of internet marketing and branding is second to none. And uh, so, Mike... You know, we'd love you to introduce yourself a little bit and just tell us a little bit how, you know, how you wound up in the marketing realm and how you turned your sports background into a real passion and profession and how that kind of became. And you know, give us a little bit of background on you know, sports memorabilia and how that kind of turned into the fanatics thing that you're doing now. Absolutely. We'd love to. Um, first, thanks, Joe and Dan, for, for having me on. Love what you guys do. Love following you guys on Instagram and seeing the business that you guys created. 
Um, and second, so how I got into um, sports business, it was kind of a, a, a funny story. I interned with a couple guys in New York City back when um, Craigslist was the place you went to to find internships. And uh, I just basically walked in and, and talked to some guys that were um, internet marketers and domainers that had a great domain, sportsmemorabilia.com. And they had a vision to build um, an e-commerce marketplace for sports memorabilia. Um, so I started basically sitting next to a guy who had just sold the company um, in the ad space in New York City. And he wasn't so much into sports. He wasn't really like a diehard sports guy, but he was an internet marketing guru. So um, I did a little bit of background on him and, and saw that um, he had built some great businesses. So um, he taught me SEO from the beginning, so organic search. Um, and that's kind of what the business was going to be um, built upon. The foundation was going to be organic search. There's really nobody in the market at the time that was um, doing anything big online in terms of sports memorabilia. So number one, that domain helped us um, get our foot in the door in a lot of uh, memorabilia companies that were mostly either brick and mortar or just starting to play around in the online world. Um, so we brought that expertise to them. We said, listen, let us carry your products. You drop ship for us. So meaning in the beginning, we didn't own any products. Um, we just concentrated on, um, you know, dominating that keyword universe in sports memorabilia. Um, pretty much every team name and player name combination um, to get all the search traffic. So it's kind of a, um, a funny way how I got into it, but obviously having a sports background, just knowing the teams, knowing the trends, knowing the players, right. um, and then just having a background, you know, of consumer science. You know, in, in college, I, I studied hospitality management and business, and at the core of it was, you know, how do you make your customer happy? And obviously, one is having um, a great product. So That's awesome. um, we built that for about seven years, um, and a lot of story in between there, but we sold it to Fanatics in 2013. Um, and the business still operates just as it was, except now we actually – um, do the signings with the athletes. We have exclusive athletes who only sign with us. Um, and the product, about 60% of the product comes from our fulfillment center down here in Miramar, Florida. Oh, wow. Right. So now you are drop shipping your own product. So we're, we're essentially, you know, straight up shipping our own product, um, but right. we're still drop shipping some approved vendors. So okay. we've really narrowed down the vendor list to, to make it only the top performing vendor, similar to if you were to sell on Amazon or eBay, you kind of get that score. That sure, like a star report. rating type of deal, something like that. So, exactly. Mike, when you started doing this SEO, I, I know obviously this is before, you know, I think I get an SEO uh, email pitch every other day, at like least. at least every other day. Um, I want to take, you know, people back to in 2006, you started this company. Were you in? Were you interning while you were still at Ohio State, or was that like did how, where did that fall online, and and how did you get the opportunity with that internship? Yeah, so I was actually in between uh, the summer of my junior and senior year at Ohio State, and it was about the time. I mean, growing up 15, 20 minutes from New York City, all of your friends growing up have these you know cool internships in New York City. Um, and I was like, you know, this is kind of my last year to experiment and try to get an internship with a bigger company. So when I when I looked and saw a sports marketing internship, you know, in my head, I saw pictures of like um, conference rooms with, you know, glass windows and glass doors and 
you know, the assistants and interns bringing the coffee, like all this like risky stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, but that was not the case at all. Um, I actually showed up uh, for the interview in a, in a suit and tie in like a hundred degrees in New York city. And, um, my would be business partner, Stephen Tesoriero, he he opens the door and like, khakis and a, and a collared shirt and he's like oh dude i should have told you not to wear a suit it's not that kind of internship oh um, man nice. and then from yeah from then on it was just you know straight up internet startup um type of thing but i interned with them and they they taught me about um sweat equity and and startups and growing with the company and at the end of that internship they said listen man we'd, we'd love to keep in touch whenever you're done um and have you back so uh, when I was about a month away from graduating, I got back in touch with the guys and they moved the business to Miami and they said, Hey, we're going to fly you down for a couple of days. Let's see how you like it. And then we'll talk. Um, and at the end of that, uh, three day kind of trial period, they said, Hey, you know, let's do this. Let's partner up. Um, we'd like you guys to build a team and, and really go for this business. So it was really, um, in the beginning, myself and Stefan Soriero, who were driving the business, um, at the direction of our, our main partner, Jesse Stein. Wow, that's great. And now, Mike, so, you know, for the people out there that do, don't understand some of the terminology, I mean, most people now understand what SEO means, search engine optimization and organic search. Uh, I'm interested in knowing, like, was that something that you were uh, privy to before you graduated college? You understood that stuff? You had some background in that area? Or did you learn that as you were doing the internship? And, uh, you know, what are some principles uh, involved in organic search that like regular people can apply if they want to improve their sales online or they want to improve their, you know, uh, let's call it their search optimization. Sure. Sure. So I didn't know anything about, you know, SEO or organic search before, um, meeting those guys in New York city and, and in particular, um, Jesse Stein, he owned and operated, I believe one or two, um, SEO consulting companies, um, called title research. And his company also in Miami, we operated side by side. So title research was in there right next to Stefan and myself on the sportsmemorabilia.com side. So the whole premise obviously was to gain as much real estate as you can on um, organic search or uh, SERPs, S-E-R-Ps, you'll see it, search search engine result uh, placement, I think. Um, So basically um i learned how to you know link build at the time and create content on the site that people would want to link to so basically links are the food for google um if i think if you ask anybody you know how does google really work i think the average person doesn't really understand how google works they say oh well you know if you have good content google will crawl your site and and you know insert your listings in there but Really, Google wants to know, you know, who else is finding your content interesting? What other websites out there are linking to you? So back in the day, there were a lot of different strategies that you could do to help encourage somebody to link to your site. Um, and the different um, TLDs, so .com or .gov or .edu, they all hold different weight in terms of um, how much, quote unquote, Google juice is going to flow through to your site. So if you have edus or .govs linking to your site, that's going to be a little bit of a boost. Google is going to say, okay, this site's pretty important because these high-level domains are linking to them. Um, So one of the first things that I did when I came in was link building. And what we did was we'd go find um, fan sites uh, that an individual would create. And at the time, you could check their Google score on on the Google toolbar. It was, you know, one through 10. And 
we would go out there and look for, you know, decent ranking fan sites. And I would ask the owners to do some interviews and, you know, we would put those interviews on the page and the owners would, you know, link to it to good content. So it was very, you know, white hat strategy. Do they have to also reciprocate, Mike? Like, so they have to put your uh, web address on their website as well? Um, they would put their, they would put our, our web address on their website. Um, you know, something for their readers. Hey, check out um, my interview with sportsmemorabilia.com. Right, right. I, I can remember in particular talking to a guy who um, owned the Chicago Bears fan site, and right. I talked to him about, you know, like, how he started it, who was his favorite players, what products would he buy on the site. Right. Um, like so Big Blue Interactive, like, the Giants website. It's huge. Now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, yep. Yep, exactly. Then they started all these like, um, you know, networks that that um, owned a bunch of the blogs. So I'm not sure if that kind of decreased the value a little bit. But you know, Google can tell when you're when you're really trying to game it. Google's obviously gotten super smart over the years. Mm. So basically, we just needed to figure out what was the most interesting content. Luckily for us, we were selling really cool stuff, sports memorabilia. Right. So you get these great like natural links or like. Um, you know, ESPN would write a story and they'd link to your products in there because one, you were surfacing to the top anyway. So, you know, you're almost automatically assume the authority in the space. It, you know, most people are clicking that first link. Nice. And, and kind of the right place at the right time with the right, uh, uh, you know, right name. Obviously, sportsmemorabilia.com pretty much, you know, says it all in right. a sense. And, you know, makes another it easy. thing, too, Mike, is this is kind of uh, a little bit off tangent, but I, when I think about this and just, Obviously, I've known you for a long time. When I saw this and I saw you starting this in my head, I was like, "Damn! Like, how? Like, how many employees did you have?" It doesn't it seems like it was a pretty, you know, small operation where you guys were making a pretty, pretty large impact with just a few people. Yeah, you know, it it snowballed really fast. I mean, <clears throat> to start, it was um, first Stefan Soriero as the as the CEO. So Jesse hired him. As the CEO, he was coming from um, Major League Soccer. He was in sponsorships in Major League Soccer, so he had that, you know, sports business background. He had an MBA in, in sports business um, or master's in sports business. And at the time, um, Stefan's mom, Jane Tesoriero, was helping field calls and do customer service. She actually still leads our customer service, customer experience team to this day. So wow, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's no one that cares more than, you know, an owner's mom. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> she sure. made sure everything was running in line. She handled all of our vendor acquisitions, but um, yeah, I mean, it started really small. Obviously the name um, makes it sound, you know, really official and big. And that's definitely what helped us get our first couple of accounts with um, Signer Sports and Mountain Memories and Upper Deck, but also the pitch of, Hey, we're, you know, a bunch of internet business guys um, coming at a different angle than everybody else. We're going to drive all this traffic. And in the beginning, it was kind of like, yeah, we're these guys from New York that are coming in and trying to do the memorabilia game, these internet guys. And then after a while, the phones are ringing like, hey, how do we sell with you guys? Right, right. So, I mean, because you guys were also, like you said, you know, driving a ton of traffic via the search engine optimization. So if ESPN put a link to you, it drove them a ton of business and a ton of other subsidiary, you know, let's call it traffic to their sites as well. Yeah, yes and no. So depending, like, they would link to us and we wouldn't necessarily, you know, link back to ESPN. Um, and it's not like they were an affiliate where right. we do have affiliate relationships where somebody has a lot of traffic and, you know, they're, they're sports centric. 
um, maybe like a blog or something like that. Yeah. And maybe it's really specific, right? Like maybe like a Philadelphia Eagles blog be a perfect affiliate for us because they have Eagles fans going there all the time. And now when they're going to read about the Super Bowl, they see, oh man, sportsfromyourbillet.com has team signed right. Eagles product right. um, and all this unique stuff. Right. That's a lot more niche and that's a little bit, I guess you're right, with yeah. more of like a perfect, like, hey, direct to consumer type of thing where they you're getting people that are looking for Eagles information, looking to buy stuff. and yeah. then. But even, even before that too, Mike, you know, I just want to touch upon this for you know, for people listening as well, like your original grassroots marketing strategy was to go out and find, um, you know, like you said, like a big blue interactive or, or another team site or fan site and produce content that people want to read. And I think for a lot of our listeners, I think there's a lot of strength entrepreneurs that, you know, they feel like producing content is a waste of their time when they can just be servicing coaching hours. But what they don't realize is that, you know, even if you have 5, 10, 15 people that enjoy your content, you know, eventually they're going to start buying from you because that's how they resonate with you. That's how they earn that's how you earn their trust. And it's the same thing with you guys. I mean, even though you had the SEO search engine optimization and all those things, like you guys were still trying to build trust within the sports memorabilia marketplace. Right, right. Yeah, the, the, the landscape has changed a lot where now it's way more media, um, video, photo. Um, and we were really focused back then on building the foundation of, you know, text copy, right? So um, transcribing um, interviews or whatever we did, um, that was what was crawlable by Google at the time. Um, you know, video wouldn't necessarily be something that Google can crawl and say, okay, I understand what this is. I understand why this is important. But now <clears throat> with such a saturated landscape on search and I mean, marketplaces are just starting to crush people, Amazon and eBay and Walmart and things like that. Um, that media that you're talking about that you want people to invest their time in has been, has become <clears throat> more important than ever. Um, what I always think about now is, you know, how are you going to win that customer or that follower in six months from now, whatever, whatever you would need to do to win them later, like just start doing it now, like just get going on it. You have to. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that brings me to a question, you know, kind of about, you know, where it was versus what are, what's, you know, the future in a sense, you know, what's changed greatly in the market for you guys versus, you know, when you start it and, you know, what's on the horizon and what are the, some of the things you guys are doing now to really stay ahead of the market and, and stay at the forefront and stay relevant? Sure. <clears throat> so one of the big things that's changed, at least for, for online e-commerce, if you have a, a physical product, a tangible product, um, Google product listing ads, <clears throat> PLAs, which I believe the name has changed to Google Shopping, um, that really wasn't around in our first few years. And that algorithm that Google has, which decides what products to show up there, it's still not a good one. So if you do some searches for, say, sports memorabilia products, and you look at those top row product, Google product listing ads are the top row of products that show and they have a price on them. <clears throat> now that sits um, above organic search. So your organic search is, is pushed down. So um, PLAs become increasingly more important. And um, you're also battling with SEM and Google's AdWords and paid search there. So that's one of the bigger things that have changed on the e-commerce side of, okay, we really need to serve the right products here. So that involves, you know, 
a bigger team on our side and complicated bidding methods and things like that, that, you know, once you get into a larger company, um, these really smart people come in and, and do it for you. But um, that's probably one of the biggest things that's changed on the e-commerce side. And what does that exactly mean? So that means like, you know, in terms of bidding, you're talking about like how you bid the price or the, you know, for the ad space in a sense to get at the top of the Google ranking? Right, right. For example, Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl and immediately after, um, you know, we have both versions of products built. So we're usually working with two teams mm -hmm. or um, a variety of the athletes to say, okay, if you guys win, we're going to work with you on your memorabilia selection. So those products are built beforehand. And when that team wins, we have to fire up all of our product listing ads, all of our search right. um, SEM ads and everything like that. So um, so the night of the yeah. Super Bowl, you're not sleeping. No, you're going 100 <laughs> yeah. full tilt. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, I, we, we've made it far enough where I get a little bit of sleep and my team doesn't sleep now. <laughs> but um, it, exactly. I mean, th those nights are pretty crazy. Um, a lot of the times our athlete relations group is, you know, still on the phones with agents um, trying to figure out, you know, deals, last minute deals. Now, if there's like a Super Bowl MVP, are you guys trying to sign like an exclusive deal with him, like as it's happening and stuff like that? Yeah, th this year was was a really interesting one because um, Nick Foles actually was an exclusive of ours um, about a year ago or two years ago when he was last with the Eagles. And then when Carson Wentz came on, we signed Carson Wentz. Oh. So, yeah, when Carson went down and, and Nick was leading them into the, the playoffs, um, there was another opportunity to sign him as an exclusive. And luckily, um, Nick and his, his agent agreed to come back as an exclusive right. and um, yeah, so basically we theoretically have that product and we have agreements of roundabout times of when the signings will be. So, I mean, you know, we're cheering for our guys to become MVP or anything like that. And it creates another product line oh, for of us. Of course. Um, what yeah, about, so what about the fat linemen? Like, what about us? What happens to <laughs> us? Like, do we get sports memorabilia deals? Like, I mean, I know there's gotta be like signed whole team footballs. Like those guys got to get paid too, man. If you get a couple sacks, we'll put you on there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's e always got to, it's always, the sack yeah, What's up with the O-line, man? Come on. We want O-linemen, man. Man, you, you got to, you got to create a nice personality for yourself. I don't know. It'd be like a rich incognito or something. Well, I think like, I think like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know. I think like Nick Mangold now is trying to do like some cooking channel show or something like that. He's doing like a whole, you know, apparently he loves to cook. He's doing like a backyard be like a barbecue show. Pro Bowler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so man, I, I, I mean, there, there's opportunity for those guys. You know who, it does a really good job with this. It's a new guys in the scenes, Vayner Sports, um, mm, the sports yeah. agency. You know, they're really showing the guys how to maximize their social uh, footprint. Oh, yeah. Um, so You've been doing some work not, with them too, right? Um, no, not yet. I actually, I just had a quick meeting with um, AJ Vaynerchuk um, just to, you know, connect and, and talk about some stuff that I was doing. I mean, I've been following those guys since, I don't know, 2008 uh, when they were doing Wine Library. Um, and I always thought they had a great message, and I love the content that they put out, especially being yeah. you know, 22, 23-year-old uh, entrepreneur and trying to figure out what the future holds. I used to order wine from Wine Library in 2001. So when it was, I was just you know, there this past yeah. weekend with Dana. I mean, that store has it's amazing. unbelievable. Yeah, Gary does a great job with that. So I had two questions about, um, you know, what happens to the memorabilia that you guys produce for the losing team, one, and two, you know, when we're talking about <clears throat> getting those products to the forefront of Google and on your search engine right after the Super Bowl, 
what type of financial investment are we talking here from companies? Are we talking like if it's a big company, are we talking millions? Like they're putting millions of dollars into the advertising space for these products? Or, you know, like what ballpark are we talking here? Sure. So number one, losing team, we don't produce anything until it actually happens. So we're oh, okay. making a lot on demand. So, you know, we also have a, you know, we have a 220,000 square foot facility down here in Miramar. That's not just, you know, warehousing and inventory. It's also um, production, hard goods okay. production. So plaques and, and cases and stuff. But all that's made on demand. So the morning after the Super Bowl um, is a pretty busy one. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah sure. They're, they're going to high production. Demand. Yep. Um, and then, two, the investment we make in Google. Um, I would love to be able to tell you how much we're spending on that, but obviously yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, really what it is, you, you're, you're spending... Um, enough until there is, you know, a, a point of diminishing returns where you're not getting any investment back. So there's got to be some sort of initial investment, you know, that you start with if you're starting from the beginning, you know, um, whether it's, you know, $1,000, $5,000. I mean, I wouldn't recommend a small budget because you're really not going to get a sense of, you know, how much you can return. So you got to be willing to take a little bit of a risk there. But sure. I mean, if you're, if you're making, you know, $20 million in something, you should be ready to to spend $2 million on putting it into to AdWords. Right, right, right. Sure. That's So is AdWords still a big thing? So that's that's where the money's going into Google AdWords primarily? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, you definitely need to have those, um, those ad surfacing. I mean, having that number one spot and being the first name and being able to get the first chance to tell your customer, you know, we are the spot for authentic memorabilia and really your value prop in that line so you know we're the number one site for it we have everything authentic um we have 20 um, well during the holidays 24 7 uh, chat and phone but you know you can speak to live people we're real people behind here um but ironically i've been doing some user tests in the past couple of weeks where um some of the users were saying they actually don't click on the paid search ads at the top and they go down to look at the organic ads they felt like anybody can get into those adwords but you know yeah, anybody yeah. can but not for a long time you know you can surface up there you know over you know nordstrom's or macy's or whoever you want but right. can you scale that out can you be up there for a long time that's the game and what about like facebook ads you know, instagram stuff like that are you guys you know big into that as well oh yeah it's huge okay. Okay. um definitely a, a, um i don't even want to say an up-and-comer it's it's there um, you know, we have a team that's uh, performing really well on, on social ads. You know, you can you can group your users, I guess, into three different buckets: um, prospecting, so you're looking for new customers who, are, who never bought from you; um, retargeting, um, which you know, if somebody's come to your site and looked at a product, you'll serve them dynamic product ads, which will say, you know, show them the products that they were just looking at, so that. Um, you know, when you feel like people are following you around, basically yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. So, they are exactly. Uh, I, I've bought, I've purchased stuff from you guys. I get, I, I'm getting followed for sure. Yeah, getting yeah, trapped yeah. <laughs> happens. All, I mean, I mean, it's obviously when you, when every time I go on Amazon, you know, the next day I'll be on Facebook or I'll be on my Instagram. It's like, hey, you want to buy that, you know, TV controller that you were looking at? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the basic theory is that they're you know the lowest in the funnel. They've come to your site. They know who you are. Maybe they're on the fence about buying. Um, especially a product like ours. Our, our product is a high value product, so it's not necessarily, you know, an easy purchase, a snap purchase. You're you're kind of thinking about, okay, 
can I spend eight hundred dollars on this? You know, is my wife gonna kill me right. if I put this yeah, thing up yeah, in the yeah. house? You guys have some stuff. good deals, though. I see your flash yeah. deals; they're good. Yeah. The uh, I have a question just about acquiring the athletes. Is it is it the you know obviously we deal with. Uh, you know, a handful of pro athletes here on the training side. And obviously we hear stories about uh, them picking their agents and agencies. How is, how is the competition in terms of competing for exclusive rights deals and dealing with somebody like Rob Gronkowski the day after the Super Bowl? I mean, you have to, yeah, I'm sure you got some wild stories of recruiting athletes to be with you guys and also getting them on site to, to fulfill their actual obligation. Do you have, any insight into that? Yeah, it's it's a super interesting um, dynamic that happens when we're trying to go after an athlete, and um, there there's a lot of different facets. So I'll, I'll try to touch on each one. Um, one is the relationships that the guys in our office have built throughout the years, and we're talking like you know 30, 40 years of relationships. Um, we have guys who you know used to sign with uh, Mickey Mantle, and you know all the the athletes in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, so they've built relationships not only with them, but the agencies that have been around for a while. Um, two, uh, we're a giant behemoth of a company now. So, you know, to be able to sign with Fanatics is um, a really big deal. Um, so, you know, we're always in constant contact with these guys and we have the best distribution. So it's really a no brainer for an, an agent or an athlete to say, you know, these guys are going to be able to um, pay me my, you know, financial part of the deal because they're going to be able to move the most product. Um, because when when we put up the product, it not only goes on sportsmemorabilia.com, we put it onto the Fanatics network of sites. So Fanatics um, runs uh, and fulfills, so operates and fulfills for all of the league sites. So that's NFLShop.com, MLB, right. NBA, NHL, true. yeah, and like over 200 um, teams. So. Um, if you're, if you're a Philadelphia Eagle, I keep using the Eagles cause they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm a sure, sure. So sorry about that. Um, so when you sign with us, you know, your product's going to get out there and sell. Now, if you were to sign with another company and they didn't have that distribution strategy, um, you know, you might not get your contract renewed, um, with us, we can make sure that we're, you know, regulating the memorabilia, putting enough out there and not just killing the, the supply and demand part of it. Um, so a lot of people, they'll sign an athlete, they go in way over their head and then they kind of ruin the market by, you know, dropping prices or just getting it all out there. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we're already connected with a lot of the agencies. Um, so when an event like the Super Bowl happens or, you know, a pitcher may throw a no hitter, um, you know, something might happen in sports where we call them micro moments. Um, so there's hot markets like we know the Super Bowl is going to happen, but then there's micro micro moments like, a no hitter or something like, hits for the what about like the catch that Odell Beckham made? I'm sure you sold a lot of those pictures and stuff like that, like that behind exactly. the back catch that Odell Beckham made a couple of years ago. Um, you know what I mean? Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that touches into the, you know, competing for athletes type thing where, you know, Steiner sports is the big memorabilia company in New York and they, um, you know, do meet and greets and local things around the New York area. So, Sometimes um, those New York athletes and their agencies choose uh, Steiner Sports over us, but mm -hmm. um, the past year has been an incredible um, milestone for us because we signed the two biggest baseball players in New York, Aaron Judge and John yep. Carlos Stanton. Oh, that's fantastic. That was huge yeah. for you guys. That was awesome yeah. to see. So, like, 
how did the Fanatics deal happen, and like how did that come about, and and what's their kind of role now? They're the parent company over SportsMemoryBillion.com, and you know what's that dynamic look like in terms of control? You know who's running what, and you guys still have your own CEO and run your own company as a separate company. Kind of explain that a little bit. Yeah, I mean the the deal almost actually happened in 2011. Um, Fanatics came to us um, and were interested to uh, build out the memorabilia division. And what wound up happening was they first purchased a company called Dreams Inc., which owned a website called Fans Edge, which was at the time Fanatics' main competitor. And um, they also owned Mounted Memories. So Mounted Memories um, was historically that. one of the yeah one of the biggest um, memorabilia companies kind of on the wholesale side. So they would do these athlete deals. They, they do a little bit of e-commerce here and there, um, but really sportsmemorabilia.com was the place to go besides eBay um, to sell memorabilia. So fast forward to 2013, they had purchased this memorabilia wholesale division, but they were really looking for um, retail marketers uh, to come in and, and just accelerate um, getting that division up and running. So in 2013, when they acquired us, um, my team was able to go in and build the, the retail side of the memorabilia business while also having the supporting e-commerce marketplace of sportsmemorabilia.com to, to move the product. So it was an education process for the Fanatics customer that they have memorabilia because it's always been so much apparel focused. Right. So my team was working hand in hand with, you know, it, it seemed like what was separate at the time has become more of a cohesive group now. Um, but they were working with the people on the fanatic side to get our products included in their um, emails and on site because the fanatics distribution is second to none. They're huge. They're, they're obviously number one in in um, sports licensed sports apparel. So to send out an email to you know the New York Yankees list, um, in addition to hey the the new T-shirts are out, get your jerseys. Oh yeah, we have you know John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge memorabilia. Um, also available. Oh, that's so, right. huge. Yeah, and and you know it's great for that customer because you know you get your shirt, you get your hat, but like, man, that that big Christmas gift or birthday gift, um, you know, if you can give a piece of memorabilia, like the product makes grown men cry. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you're a big so fan. It's sure. an emotional. Yeah, it's an emotional product. Yeah. So um, the transition was was pretty good. Um, you know, the teams worked really well together. We fit in really easily. Um, and now sportsmemorabilia.com, it, it still operates as it did as, you know, kind of the trusted place to go for memorabilia where Amazon and eBay, they're still learning how to police their, uh, their marketplace. Whereas we don't just sell random people stuff on sportsmemorabilia.com. You have to go through a process of legal affidavits and, and background checks to be able to sell on the site. Right. Okay. So like, uh, you know, it's obviously like if, if I want to go on Amazon, you can buy everything from, you know, paper clips to, you know, right. to from from my little pony dolls to any type of, you know, you name it. So there's no real way for me to know if anything's legally, you know, uh, uh, licensed memorabilia that's legit or anything like that. So, you know, if I'm going to spend five, six, seven, eight hundred or more on a piece of product, I'm definitely going to get it through a credible site. Mike, if for for the Fanatics merger, did you guys know when you set out that that was that your goal? Was your goal to be purchased and and work under an umbrella of a, of a larger company? Did you feel like at the time it was needed to kind of supercharge your business, or do you feel like you could have held out and 
and, and, and worked for a better deal or, or how did that, how did that all shake out? That's a great question. Um, it's definitely something that I think every entrepreneur who grows their business to a certain size, um, has to think about. Um, but in the beginning, I, I think because, you know, we were working for a serial entrepreneur who had, you know, the goal of building something and making some sort of an exit. I think that was, you know, in, in our minds, I, I don't necessarily think that it's a good strategy to go in, especially if, um, you know, this business is all that you have at, at this point. I think there's a lot of TLC that needs to happen with the business and you need to kind of go into it and say, you know, I might not make an exit, but I need to just make this thing the best I possibly can right. um, for myself. And I, I think good things come out of that. You know, people want to buy businesses that have that that TLC put into it and that everything's thought out um, and maybe could use a little bit, you know, capital infusion to help it grow further. So um, when we didn't go through with the deal the first time, we were actually actively looking at uh, capital investment to grow the business and accelerate the business a little more. So while we were, um, you know, interviewing um, investment firms and everything that Fanatics kind of just came back knocking at the door and said, hey, let's let's try this again. Let's see what you guys got. So, um, you know, I, I think it was in the cards for us. We were definitely hitting a point where, you know, the, the office building that we had in Coral Gables, we had knocked through one too many walls and connected too many offices to make a makeshift warehouse and framing operation. and you know, I think at the time, Stefan and myself, we were just, we were tired. <laughs> you know, they call it founder fatigue. Right, um, sure. You know, we're putting in a lot of hours and holding out financially to reinvest in the business. Um, so it was the right time for us. Plus, sooner or later, Fanatics would have, would have figured it out one way or the other and, and you know, it would have been tough. Right, so it was either partner up or they're, they're going to figure it out and say, we're going to do it ourselves. They eat you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> And I'm sure, yeah, like, I like I mean, like, you know, a lot of business is structured. You know, our, our world is a little bit different because, you know, the gym industry, there's such disparity. You know, obviously, you got very small box gyms. You could be at a CrossFit gym that costs you $50,000 to open, and their idea of marketing is going to a health fair in town, you know. Um, you have gyms like ours that are on, let's call that the mid-level, where, you know, you know, a million, two million, three million dollar uh, a year in revenue gyms and you know we're kind of dabbling in a lot of variety of different areas of marketing and then you know only the big boys you know like an equinox and or a new york sports club or a 24-hour fitness are in the realm of you guys where you know you're actually spending lots of money on ad space and things like that and or selling um let's call them higher a higher level product online you know what are some tips and what are some things that you know that are universal to all companies, to all sizes, that anybody could take away from. So if, you know, Joe Schmo in Idaho is opening up his gym and wants to start, you know, creating a brand, creating an online presence and directing traffic, not only to just online products, but to his brick and mortar gym, do you have any tips or anything for, for people in the marketing realm that are universal? Sure. So I think one of the big advantages that entrepreneurs have or, or people that haven't um, merged with a larger company or worked for a larger company um, is creativity, flexibility, and the ability to produce, whether it's unique offers or unique content. Um, when I need to do something now, there's kind of a chain of command that I have to, you know, send it through to be able to do something, whether that's, you know, other marketing executives, C-level executives, um, our PR group, 
Um, you know, the creativity takes a little bit longer to play out and that has to be, um, you know, accurately documented and presented to somebody. So you kind of lose the ability to be nimble. So I think the advantage to to whether it's smaller gyms or, or, you know, people like you guys, like you guys are putting great content out there, great media out there. and And I feel like you guys make your individual clients feel special and that they belong to something. So I think, you know, if there's other gyms out there, like what is your value prop? Why is somebody coming to you guys other than a big Equinox or, or, you know, Lifetime Fitness or anything like that? What can you do to be creative? And and you have to have that ability to, to like, you know, stop on a dime, change directions and, and do something different if you don't feel like it's working. Um, those are probably the biggest things. I mean, branding now is more important than ever. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the, probably the best avenue for these guys to go down. That's great. And, uh, and, and so what are some, let's call it low budget things that guys can do, you know, for marketing? So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a, let's say like a gym like ours or, you know, like, you know, where we were, I was just recently out in Salt Lake City, like a gym like Jim Jones who sells seminars, we sell some online products. What are some of the let's call them low dollar value, low tech ways that we could get those products sold and we can get them out to people. Or best avenue. Best avenues. Yeah. It, it seems like, you know, the, the cheapest, easiest, and most fun is social. Okay. Um, I know it, it's probably a, a little bit of a saturated space, but I feel like you really got to, you know, fight through the, the, the weeds there and say, okay, you know, this is going to be my value prop. Um, I mean, you're talking low budget, low cost. I mean, everybody's got an iPhone, right? Yeah, you know, sure. What's going on in your gym? Like, I, I, I've, I've never been there. I might be a little intimidated to walk through the doors. Like, who are the people that are training you? Who are the, the you know, what are the types of things that you're going to be doing? You know, what value are you going to get out of coming here? And I feel like it's almost like a lead gen tool for you guys. So you're just trying to get people in the door first. I mean, you, you talked about selling um, packages and I guess literature or, or certifications and things like that. Like just get somebody in the door, have a conversation with them and just show them, you know, you're, right. you're regular fun people to be around, but you're serious when it comes to, you know, results and value. So now I know why you sent your older brother here first. <laughs> <laughs> go, yeah. go, go there, see if they you're kill like, you. And then I'll Paul, maybe I'll see, see what's happening over there, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I need, I need a place to go when I come back up to visit. Oh yeah. man. We'd love to have you in. That'd be great. Mike, what's uh, you know, what's something like? How do you how do you keep your schedule? What are some daily rituals that you do, and uh, and do you keep a, a marketing calendar for yourself personally to help you stay organized? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the calendar on my phone pretty much runs my life. Um, you know, there's constantly meetings being added by a lot of different groups. I mean, my role now is is changed more of a from a, a business operator. And, and kind of team builder on the sportsmemorabilia.com side to um, a new avenue of creating content on the Fanatic side and, and working with our partner solutions team to go out to larger partners um, to you know, collaborate and, and help us distribute, uh, distribute that you know, content even further and include them there. So um, <clears throat> the fact that I have a lot of different meetings with a lot of different people in Fanatics um, yeah, the, the phone calendar pretty much runs everything. Um, as, as far as personal, um, I really don't keep that much of a, like a ritualistic schedule where I'm doing the same thing. Um, in my world, um, assigning might pop up on the schedule 
and I'll have to run out to Chicago or Tampa or LA. <clears throat> One of the things that I, that I started doing was piloting some of these media um, videos. So signing videos, what, what's going on with the athletes? Um, can the athletes plug the product to help support the authenticity? Um, there's really nothing like it when, you know, Peyton Manning says, hey, I'm with Fanatics. You can buy my stuff here. Um, it really helps seal that deal for anybody who's maybe either on the fence or um, just closing that loop of, you know, Peyton really signed this thing. Like Peyton's really with these guys. This is something that's coming to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I know that a lot of executives out there have these like, Right, like they get up at 4.30 in the morning, they meditate for 10 minutes. You know, yeah, you're know, you not stuff. standing on your head like <laughs> drinking green tea at 4 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know, you, you know, uh, what about that a makes me feel better. <laughs> wait, wait, the biggest thing the biggest thing in the industry, and, I, and it's a good thing, like I'm not hating on it because I do it a little bit, but no gratitude journal, like you don't get up any morning and like, you know, thank you baby Jesus for, <laughs> for all that I have. Stuff like that. Uh, no, no journal. I mean, I definitely definitely say it every day. But I think yeah. sometimes I don't know. It's life moves really fast, and yeah. <clears throat> I'm not really one to sit in one place. I mean, I like um, I like moving all over the place. I mean, I, I you follow my Instagram. I'm all over the place, yeah, and sure. you know, I, I love documenting it. And I love showing people um, what's going on. So. Yeah, yeah, I like the know. first person camera this week, and that yeah. was cool, dude. You got to keep that rolling. Thank you. I do. I like you that know, a lot. I felt it, like I was at the party been, with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been one of the most incredible experiments because really on, on my Instagram, I never really turned the, the camera around and, and, and spoke to anybody um, following me. But it, it, the, the cool thing was seeing all the responses. I've actually never had yeah. so many messages as I did when I did that for the first time. And I got a lot of, man, this is so cool. Thanks for taking me along on the trip. Um, you know, all these great supportive messages. And you really get to see who has your back and who's motivating, especially as you get older in life, you know, Yeah. which is why I bring it back to like documenting the gym and stuff. Like you get over that hump and, and be confident and, and turn the camera on yourself and say, Hey, this is who I am. This is, you know, my authentic self. And this is the value I'm going to show you guys. So yeah, it, it was, it was an incredible yeah. experiment. Are you giving me some, I mean, my brain's spinning right now with ideas. I'm going to go downstairs and shoot like 400 <laughs> videos. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, but you, you know, basically what you're talking about is, you know, creating social proof for your product, you know what I mean? And it's like, hey, you're talking about, you know, Peyton Manning signing with Fanatics. So it's, hey, getting a great, you know, first person video of Peyton Manning saying, hey, I'm Peyton Manning. I just signed with Fanatics and I'm super excited to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the same thing here in the gym or for any business. You know, the first, you have to create value and trust so you can build a relationship with your client and, uh, and and content generally and allowing them to kind of peek into your world is, you know, I guess nowadays, especially, you know, because everybody's on their phone all day is basically the best way, best, cheapest yeah, and easiest way to do glass it. Yeah. They want to be able right. to see yeah. who you truly are. <laughs> they have to build a relationship with, with you. I mean, you know, to be honest, Mike, I mean, you know, I, I haven't seen you in years and it's like, it's like with social media, I, we can, you know, I can kind of follow your business dealings and, and vice versa. And, you know, we communicate and, and that's how this podcast got put together. Yeah. So it's, it's almost just, like you still amazing. know each other. It's yeah, like you're still exactly. keeping in contact. Right. It's a great, it's a great tool. You know, uh, you know, the, the, the new, inter the internet and the technology today allows the world to stay so much more connected. Mike, you talked a little bit about liking to keep on the move and, you know, and, and keep yourself busy. 
You know, what's what's next? What's what? What are some of the big things that you got going on for this year? What are some big objectives? I don't know if you do any personal like vision traction planning or like vision planning for yourself. Like, what are some of your big goals? What are you trying to accomplish, uh, business and personal? Like, is there you know I don't know deep sea fishing something like any like kind of big cool things you want to check off your bucket list this year as well as you know <coughs> crush it in business? Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. So. Since I've moved into a new role in fanatics, um, I've had the opportunity to um, do some things that I've always had a big interest in, but um, the business of sportsmemorabilia.com always came first. So, I mean, ever since I was younger, I was into, you know, media production and video. And, you know, I can remember being, you know, the, the kid that had like all the wires hooked up to the computer to put the VCR in there to make like, you know, football mixtapes for my brother when he was playing football and all that stuff. Mm. So, now I get to do it on on more professional level, but more so on like the producer um, slash director side. So um, I actually linked up with a guy out of New Jersey who was an ex baseball player, uh, played for the Kansas City Royals and New York Mets. And he, um, <clears throat> after he got done playing baseball in Japan, he started a um, uh, production company <clears throat> called Jersey Filmmaker. So he's been shooting a lot of my um, content on the Fanatic side, but at the same time, um, I learn a lot from there. So, you know, if I want to do video projects on my own as a hobby or something like that, um, get a lot of good experience there. So it's kind of like a trade-off. That's cool. Um, but as for the future, I mean, my goal is to learn as much as I can in, in the current um, ecosystem that I am. Um, I feel like I got a great education of bringing a business from, you know, zero to 25 million on the startup side um, and understanding what pieces need to get put together and, and how business could change so rapidly, especially on e-commerce. Um, but in, you know, this world of much bigger business, I mean, Fanatics does a, a billion plus in revenue a year. I'm able to see how bigger marketing uh, crews um, drive traffic and, and use data to make, you know, quant marketing decisions. So, I, I think the seeing the transition of startup to big company and, and merging and everything has been something that I found really interesting. And I think whether it's down the road in the future of, of helping companies um, do that transition, close the communication gaps in, in big companies. I mean, communicating with, you know, thousand plus employees, how does that work? You know, you're um, a good friend of mine told me, you know, you're used to like driving a speedboat and be able to make these easy turns. And then all of a sudden you board a cruise ship and it's like every decision is like yep. a big turn. I mean, it, sure. can, it can get you to great places, but it takes a lot of people to, to pull off some of these things. So, you know, maybe in the future, maybe there's a consulting role, um, you know, I can see myself doing or some sort of a media company. I mean, <clears throat> it's always hard to come up with the ideas and luckily there's a lot of people out there with good ideas. They yeah, might yeah. just need a little help from people with, you know, some experience or that's been down the road before. So, you know, I think those are, are the, the main goals that I'm trying to hit. Any chance of moving back to New Jersey? <sighs> Does it get to the 80 degrees there in the winter? <laughs> it's over. It's over, this guy's staying got that Florida, Miami man. lifestyle, board man, shorts, you know, college shirts, polos, nice, <laughs> nice life. It's tough, man. You, you wake up in January and February and you're just like, you know, you wake up with a smile on your face and you're happy to get to work. But, I mean, there's pros and cons, man. I mean, sure. The New York City area has some hustlers, right? Like you could find people that will help you hustle left and right. Like there's a line of people out the door, you know, with their resumes waiting to get in. Here it's a 
a little bit slower pace of a, of a life and there's not as many big companies to say, okay, you know, it's not working out here. Let me jump to this next company. So right. um, you really have to worry about like attrition down here and holding on to the good employees. Yeah, that's for sure. So Mike, I got one more, one more question for you before we wrap it up. And, and, you know, what is the big mistake that people make? So when people are trying to market, what do you, what is the one thing that they screw up and that you see other companies doing? That's like, man, that's just not the way to make it happen. Um, on the, on the quant side, it's definitely experimentation. So like all of the, you know, using your data to figure out who your customer is and, you know, what you're able to, what products you're able to sell to your market. Um, but now on the, on the branding and media side, I mean, we talked a little bit about that. I think one of the big mistakes is people just, you know, they're, they're not going all in on themselves and their ideas and they might be a little either timid or, or uncomfortable to, to make those decisions or do those things to maybe put yourself in front of the camera and talk and, and talk to your customers and tell them why they should buy from you or, you know, maybe not in such a direct way, but an organic way. Um, you know, I, I think that's a little bit of a mistake. I think people need to surround themselves with other guys that are, you know, lifting them up and supporting them. Um, you know, it, it's tough to do that in the beginning. And even if you, you know, you're getting a couple of jabs about what you're doing or, or jumping on camera, like, man, you really got to silence that and say, okay, this is how I'm going to get to the end goal. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be myself. You know, my ideas aren't crazy. You know, they might not work. But, you know, at least I'm going to try. So really getting out there and just trying. I mean, don't make the mistake of just sitting there and waiting and somebody else does it. And you're like, oh, man, I had that idea, you know, weeks ago. That should have been mine. Like, just just go do it. Take action, baby. Take action. You got to make it happen. Exactly. I think Gary, Gary V's been probably one of the better examples of that because he's always been like, he, I, 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 yeah, you crush it, kill it, work till you die, fingers bleeding, you know. But, but, I, but you know, the reality <clears throat> is that I remember Gary doing videos of himself, you know, talking about a wine in 2000, 2001, when nobody gave a shit who Gary V was, and nobody, and like, like we're talking about, you know, he, he had, what drew me to his website, and this is a perfect example, you know, of what you just said, what drew me to winelibrary.com was his, his own uh, uh, wine recommendations and his own reviews of the wine, because they seem so much more like the regular Authentic. guy, yeah. yeah. And like, so like, what you know, when I used to go to wine library, or like when I used to try to buy wine, you know, I'm 20, 21, 22, so I'm, you know, I'm by far no, no expert simonier or anything like that, you know. And and you'd read a review from Wine Spectator, and it's like notes of currant and black cherry and licorice, and I'm like, what the hell is that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you'd read like Gary, and it'd be like a totally, you know, a big bold, you know, uh, uh, you know, deep velvety wine that's easy to drink and just a great wine to have with a with you know with your family. And it's like, oh well, that sounds he like was a, speaking English. Exactly, yeah. he was speaking English, yeah, and it sounded right. like. And he'd do videos all the time, so he wasn't afraid to kind of put himself out there. He created, you know, all his wines were Gary V rated, and you know, again, like I said, also, at that he, time they started delivery. I nobody mean, gave a his shit. Early books, he talks about fulfillment. Like the dude was driving around in his car, dropping off bottles of wine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was their fulfillment center. So that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Mike, thank you yeah. so much for, for being on the show here today. I want to make sure that, you know, people can find you individually and, and, and where they can they can shop on your website. So go ahead and let us know where we can find mm -hmm. you, man. Yeah, I mean, for, for memorabilia, definitely check out sportsmemorabilia.com. Um, <clears throat> on the apparel side, you, if you're a sports fan, you've probably already shopped at fanatics.com or NFL shop. <clears throat> so 
you know, keep shopping. Um, and then, you know, if you want to see my, my crazy weird adventures, you know, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just M Gallucci and G A L L U C C I, um, or hit me up on LinkedIn. Awesome, awesome, man. Thanks so much, Mike. It was really great. Got a lot of insight. And I think the, the, the BOS fans out there will uh, have a lot of great takeaways for you. We really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Absolutely, Mike. guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And good luck along the way, guys. Talk soon. Thank you. You got it. Take care, Mike. Right. Bye. The business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym. Turn your passion into your profession and learn how to run a world-class business. Be sure to visit us at www.strengthentrepreneurs.com to learn more. And as always, at varsityhousegym.com. Become unstoppable.